This is the War and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. I guess today we're going to talk about delegating. Funny story. Two weeks ago, I guess our podcast was about systems, and I listened to it, and I immediately thought, oh, I know a, a system that could happen. I can hire a handyman because that is the one thing that keeps falling off my plate. So delegating is what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, because yeah, we've talked quite a bit about working on your business, not in your business, and protecting your bandwidth so that you can do that. But one of the ways to get there is through giving up some control. So first, should we maybe take a minute to talk about the benefits of giving up control? Sure. Yeah. Okay. As Sarita said, we talked in a previous episode about the systems we as business owners are trying to put in place. So expanding on the utility of delegating, I think, helps a business owner feel like they can get to that point. Automating systems or putting systems in place to simply consolidate or reduce the amount of time that someone as a business owner is spending on a task is one form of delegating that benefits the business owner, both in the time logged, but also someone's mental health. Yes. <laughs> and um, delegating can also be a significant benefit to your staff. Businesses or business owners that are doing it all tend to also micromanage alongside of that. And that can be stressful and weigh heavily on staff. And delegating is a good motivator for employees when it's done well. It conveys trust and some appreciation for the job that they're doing. And it also kind of helps develop a little bit of a succession plan, not just for a business owner to potentially no longer own that business, but also if that employee goes somewhere else, then they haven't taken all that institutional knowledge with them when they leave. Well, I feel like this past year has been a great big old exercise in letting go. For me personally, I started Annie's Rough House in 2009, and I did it mostly by myself. My husband, of course, helped me build it out and kind of came and went in the organization, you know, when his other job allowed. So for me, I spent eight and a half, nine-ish years doing it all myself. I knew that I'd gotten to a place where we needed to expand, but there wasn't enough me to go around. So Kate came on board became my other grown-up in the organization to help me make, you know, do some of the stuff. I delegated some tasks to her, but ultimately even letting go of that decision about which tasks to let go of was kind of hard for me. So entrepreneurs tend to be DIY by nature, so a lot of times we want to do it ourselves. And, and when Kate and I were talking about this topic, kind of in prep for this episode, we had had dinner and her toddler was there. And I'll let, I'll let Kate tell the toddler story. So, yeah, Ellie is almost two. And she kind of crashed hard into the terrible twos this last weekend. We'd been getting a sense of it, wanting to do more on her own, wanting to walk everywhere, not wanting to be carried. But this weekend kind of brought it all to a head. And she wanted to do everything herself, even if that meant dumping the entire 12 ounces of ice water all over herself at a restaurant. And she was getting so frustrated and angry at me because I, w I was just trying to help and I was just trying to make things a little better for her. And the mean look she'd give me as she said, was so no, no mama, I do it. 
Me. <laughs> my, my notes huh. here say militant DIYer. And that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it was. If she was going to do it herself, come hell or high water, whether she was successful at it or not, she was going to do it. And I think that is very reflective of how we as business owners feel. We oftentimes have done it all, especially if we're still kind of getting out of that hustle mode that is necessary to start your business. Um, but it's hard to break out of that. So yeah, you have to you have to kind of put a, a, a foot down, um, hand off some stuff, and know when the right time to hand it off. So we talked about the benefits. Yeah, um, well, and you know we've got a little Q and A. You know, if you are working long hours and feel totally indispensable to your company while your staff is unenergized and works regular hours, you might need to delegate. And if you tell your staff you'll do something that should take two days, but it takes you two months to do it, or six, or six months, months. to do it you might need to delegate because one of the other benefits of delegating is that it can help eliminate bottlenecks. Business owners, you can be well-meaning by wanting to do it all, but too many responsibilities on one person can easily cause unnecessary delays and stalled growth. If you say, yes, employee, I will fix that broken gate. And then six months later, they're still dealing with the broken gate. That's an unnecessary delay. It shows your employees that you don't really care about the quality of their day-to-day -day work. And it also means that when you're bogging yourself down with all these day-to-day -day tasks that you could hire a handyman for, then you're not able to spend the time that it takes to strategize about your business or grow your business. So one of my notes here that I have about delegating as I was thinking about this is to know, and I've said this a few times in, in other episodes, knowing what your value is and knowing what you bring to the table. So you capitalize on your talents and the things that you're not as great at, or if you don't even enjoy something like I don't enjoy fixing gates. So the magic that happened last week after I listened to our last episode or when I hired a handyman and for 200 bucks, I got all of the things fixed that have been weighing me down because there's this kind of never ending procrastination. It's not necessarily procrastination more so that it just keeps getting pushed to the bottom of my list because as a lot of times I'm the problem solver in the organization, or we both are really, but a lot of times I'm faced with the mechanical problem solving. So whatever's the biggest fire I tend to put out first. So, but capitalize on what you're good at. And if you can pay somebody $25 an hour to do something you're not great at, you don't enjoy doing, and they're going to be better at anyway and have the right tools for it, it's just going to be a better situation for everybody. And incurring that dollar amount might seem like a huge cost to your company, and it might very well be. But if you can spend the time that you would otherwise have spent on that task, on developing your business and growing, growing your client base, growing your revenue, you might easily be able to make up that $25 an hour that you're now paying someone to do. Which kind of leads to the next point, which is there are two ways to give up control or divide your labor. And just so that they're not quite as confusing when we lump them together, I've kind of separated it into outsourcing and delegating. The outsourcing is subcontracting to an outside company, hiring a CPA or hiring a bookkeeper, or hiring a handyman. And delegating would be giving work tasks to internal employees, like scheduling or something like so that. So proper delegation in this scenario would have been for me to have our operations manager find an appropriate handyman, but instead I did it myself. However, now you can turn that over to her and to the leadership team and say, if you need anything fixed, tell the operations manager and she will call the handyman. 
So that leads me into one of the, the tips and tricks for delegating. I already said assign a dollar amount to your a dollar figure to your time. So how much would it cost you to hire out what you are doing and what you bring unique that sometimes can be a lot more costly because that's why you're probably a business owner because you're good at that one thing. And then how much does it cost to hire out the tasks that you take away from your valued talents? So the handyman, for instance. Knowing what I bring to the table is important, but also documenting procedures within the organization. So once I've created a handyman situation. I now need to document that so everybody in the organization can or the appropriate people in the organization can contact this other organization to take care of those day-to-day problems. And that might include putting a maximum dollar amount that the operations manager can just approve right off the bat. If it's, you know, maybe up to $250. If there are tasks up to $250, go ahead and approve it. Operations manager, you have the authority to do that. If it's more than that, run it by me first. So that gives her authority and that's good as well for her confidence, for her ability to make decisions. And I feel like we could have a whole segment, a whole podcast just on documentation and succession planning, not just for the Mm -hmm. business owner, but also, you know, if our operations manager leaves, having all that documentation in place so that the next operations manager can come in and know exactly where they left off, you know, would be is really, really helpful um, because you want to be able to take a day off or if you were in a car accident and knocked unconscious for a week. You know, we need all that knowledge that's in your brain. That brings me to a story of where delegation and documentation wasn't really happening in our organization. So I've referred many times to last summer, 2018, when we expanded our business, took on a partner prior to that, expanded our business, did a huge build out. But something I maybe glazed over in earlier episodes was that we also had one of our main institutional knowledge base employees died unexpectedly. So as a small organization, you don't really expect to have those kinds of things happen. But when they do happen, a lot of knowledge goes with that person on the tragedy of losing the friend and the family member. You lose that knowledge. So we kind of dealt with the situation of the fact that somebody died and all the things that you have to do with that. But then a few months down the road, we had realized that, I don't know, task A, B, and C hadn't been getting done. And, and we kind of you know did some troubleshooting in that area and realized that, oh, that employee was the one that took care of that all the time on their own. So so that brings us to the documentation. This this happened about two weeks after I joined Annie's. And I think if I had asked you on day one what we would have done if that employee just disappeared for any reason, I think you probably would have said that you wouldn't have been able to run the business without yeah. them. I yeah. mean, they carried all the knowledge about how we set up our play groups and the timing to get tasks done, not just the daily tasks, but the weekly or monthly tasks that it took several months for us to recognize weren't getting done because they were always the one to do them. And so that really did throw into stark relief for us the importance of making sure that there was duplication with some of that really critical knowledge. Uh, We were lucky to kind of have the second in command really rise to the occasion and have a good amount of that knowledge already in their brains. But now, you know, especially with our new kennel management system and the ability to be specific with each dog about what play group they're in or any of their quirks or, um, you know, they get cranky in the afternoon. So they need to go into a different group in the afternoon. We have the ability to pass that information on and communicate to each other about the dogs so that if this were to ever happen again or if another 
critical employee were to leave. I don't think we would necessarily be quite in the same position we were thrown into last summer. No, last summer was will forever go down in the doggy daycare slash coffee business history as Annie's rough summer. To kind of go on your tips and tricks, I do have I do have some what I would consider to be the easiest ways that a business owner can delegate or give up a little bit of the control. You know, the first one is outsource your bookkeeping and your accounting. I mean, unless you are a CPA entrepreneur, chances are there's someone out there who can do that bookkeeping and accounting better and faster than you can and actually be able to keep up with all the uh, ever-changing state and federal tax rules that govern businesses. That is an easy one. There might still be some work to do on, on your end, the paperwork side, but... The majority of it can be outsourced. I would actually say that any business, if you're starting a lawn mowing business, go contact your you know, local bookkeeping service and see what they can do your bookkeeping for because it's such an, a no-brainer. It's pretty easy for them to do even for a small business, and it's generally way more affordable than you would think. Absolutely. And that kind of leads me to a side point, which is something to keep in mind when you're looking to outsource any task or job in your organization is that outsourcing to another small or startup business in your community means that the dollars you're spending has a multiplier effect. Just as we as small business owners encourage people to shop local and to shop not just at the national chain store in your community, but at the local mom and pop store in your community, It's the same thing when you as a small business owner are looking to outsource. The more local, the more direct that relationship, the bigger the effect it has in your community. And those organizations tend to be really hungry. They're wanting to make their mark. They're wanting to build something. They have a lot of energy still. So you're going to get your most bang for your buck. You'll also be able to negotiate with them things like, can we help promote your space or can we help promote your business by the quality that we received in the fact that we took a chance on this thing with you. Or can we trade services in lieu of payment? Ooh, I mean, barter. There are, Ooh, that's a whole episode on its own. Oh, we could do a whole episode on bartering. We like <clears throat> to do that. Barter's fun. Um, another easy way to give up control is your web design or social media. Those are easy to outsource or, I mean, for social media, or you can delegate that within your organization. And the same with customer service. That is something easy that you can do to delegate to an employee and have them be responsible for doing follow-up calls after boarding stays or, you know, follow-up on injuries or illness or making sure the resolution of a bad experience was was a good one. You can do that all in-house. And then promote employees for day-to-day management. Yes. Teach that delegation to your employees as well. Make sure they feel empowered and that they have guidelines to work within. That goes back to our systems from the previous episodes and documentation that we've talked about today. Make sure that they have good guidelines and good boundaries and good fences, build good neighbors, I guess, so you can you know, let them negotiate within a certain set of parameters is very empowering to employees. And the same with your purchasing and scheduling. Scheduling is something that can easily be farmed out to an employee that you have now promoted. And if you still want to get eyes on it at the very end and give it that once or twice over afterwards, absolutely. Uh, But there is no reason why you should be sitting and banging your head against the desk for hours at a time to try and get everyone scheduled, unless that is a critical issue. I mean, I, I totally understand if you've delegated something like that before and it hasn't worked out, sure, do it yourself until you can figure out what went wrong. But that is easily something that your promoted employees can take on. And that promotion is really great for those employees. It shows trust in them and confidence in them 
them and can really generate a longer term relationship with that employee than you might otherwise have had. And one of the easy ways to start delegating is to delegate tasks that if they fail is not going to be imperative to the business operation and then you can work up from there so uh, if a if a task fails if a delegation fails though I think that's a good time for an organization to step back and find out where the the systems or boundaries were not in place or the documentation to properly guide the employees the direction they need to go and so many times as business owners we're kind of winging it So back up and actually get those systems in place. Don't blame the employee. Just look back at your systems and see where the the problem. Your organization should be able to continue without you. And that could be a whole episode on its own about succession planning. But that is something that we are getting to that point. We're still Mm -hmm. working on putting the right people in place. But we're getting there. You know, that that is definitely something that concerns me, especially when it comes to the coffee side of our businesses, because we have yoked both of these businesses together with the shared main ingredient being the beans that we roast ourselves. And so I kind of want to put a big plastic bubble around your husband and be like, no, I'm <laughs> sorry. Roaster. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. You can't, you can't, I mean, are, are your airbags working in your car? Because I mean, if he slipped and conked his head and we couldn't roast, yeah. we'd have no beans. <laughs> so that's what, you know, those are, those are the kinds of things that keep me up at night. I mean, mm-hmm. because Absolutely. we can't, we can't necessarily control some of the things that can happen to take any or all of us away from our businesses. We might not have control over what happens when you get in the car when we leave here. So we need to operate as if any of the people are replaceable, even ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know we've actually had a situation where an employee said, if you don't give me a raise, I'm going to quit. And we were like, well, good luck. Yeah. Have a great day. We're, we appreciate you. Yeah. See you later. Because we knew that we could, we weren't held hostage by any of that. That's a, a pretty good segue into why a business owner might hesitate to delegate. Because I think that's something that we've experienced in any number of ways in the last year and a half. Some of the common reasons are teaching takes time. Teaching it takes time, takes time to teach someone to do whatever Just the task is. Just faster to do it myself sometimes. And I completely understand that thought process. And the, the way to kind of break through that is if this is a recurring task, something that is going to have to be done every day, every week, every month. Yes, you might be spending a little bit more time to train that employee than it would take you to do it once. But I highly doubt that it takes more time to teach that employee to do the job when it has to happen 12 times. In a year. Mm-hmm. There is no way that it'll take more time to teach someone else to do it than it will be for you to do that task 12 times. That's a you know a way to decide, is it worth teaching an employee this task? Is it something that is going to happen again and again and again? If so, yeah, maybe you want to teach someone that. But otherwise, sure, just do it yourself. Well, also, perfect is the enemy of good. We've said this a lot just lately. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have a story, and I hopefully I haven't, I will have to prep this employee for the story <laughs> but uh somebody recently uh, painted our lines on the <laughs> have you seen the lines at the parking lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and every day I go by those lines and I'm like those goddamn lines are painted they are crooked as heck but they're painted <laughs> and it doesn't matter that they are not how I would have done them I would have taped it off and my lines would have been very straight two years from now I would never have been able to have gotten to that. And we were actually having legitimate problems with people not knowing how to park if there weren't lines on the parking lot. I don't know why, but it was a thing. And so I had asked her if she had time 
on a Saturday when she was going to be there anyways, would she try to paint these lines? And she did, and she's awesome. And I love that the lines are painted. They are very crooked, though. Absolutely. <laughs> so That's I guess true. not expecting it to be done the way you would do it. Right. Well, and that and that done is, is good sometimes. And that is one that is one I had on here is that no one could do it better. And that is absolutely a guiding fear for a lot of business owners. And you really just have to wrestle with, OK, maybe no one could do it better. But is it really that critical that it be done mm-hmm perfectly. And I yeah. think the parking lot lines are a great example of that, that sure you could have done it better, mm-hmm. but that people don't choose their doggy daycare based on the exactly. parking lot line. Exactly. So your time better spent on the tasks that no one could do better that have a very significant impact on the business's bottom line or business growth. That's where the time needs to be focused. Another is not wanting to look lazy as a business owner, that you're not pulling your own weight. And I think that's something that business owners struggle with because so much of what we do to grow the business or strategize is done outside of the view of employees. And so I think we've done a really great job of starting to loop, especially our leadership team, into some of the analysis that we do. The monthly goal, the stretch goal, what we have to do in terms of number of dogs a day to get to where we need to be, making sure that they know that that's what we're thinking about and that's what we're spending our time on, I think can help any business owner eliminate that fear that employees will know that you're doing work if you make sure to tell them and communicate with them. Well, and for me, I have and I think you fall into this as well. And I think that we even have employees that fall into this. I value what I bring to the table based on how long my day was sometimes instead of what quality I of output I had. The fact that I have blisters on my hands are proof positive that I worked. I don't really have blisters on my hands anymore, but you know, like the thinking and the strategizing and the PR and those things aren't necessarily as from my blue collar like background. It, there was think, just value placed on. Do you on, think that maybe that is more likely to happen in a business like doggy daycare where it is kind of blue collar, white collar combined? Mm-hmm. The blue collar is the actual day to day work that if you don't have paw prints on your shirt and a right. rip in your pants and are soaked from the ankles. Like, what good are you even then yeah then you haven't really been doing work but there's this whole white collar side of our business as well in the business planning and the strategy Mm -hmm. and the accounting and the maintenance and the payroll and you know there's this whole white collar side that i think if it was if we just worked at a law office no one would ask how busy we were all day because they didn't see us with our hands on a mop so I think I put that on myself a lot of times. So for me, I'm like, oh, I've got, I need to stay busy. So it's busy for busy's sake. Mm-hmm. And I probably have a tendency towards workaholicism, <laughs> as I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably do. Yeah, it's a little bit of an addiction to hustle mode. Also, that happens to our employees. So one of our former employees had a tendency to do everything himself, and it was so hard to get him to delegate things. And for him, I think it was a communication problem. But I think that it... We have uh, leadership in our company now that we have to encourage them to delegate. Well, and what's funny is I think some of them, because some of them are so new to the type of leadership role that we're putting them in, Mm -hmm. that they are also doing to us the same thing that we're doing to them. Mm -hmm. That I don't need to know how you spend every five minutes. 
if you are on the leadership team and particularly particularly if you are salaried, you don't need to tell me that because you think you're only going to work 38 hours this week that you're going to try and figure out how to work 42 the next week. That yeah. the whole point of putting our employees in these leadership positions and giving them the benefits that go along with that is that we don't want to hold their hand and we don't want them to think that we want to hold their hand. Yeah, and they're a little bit like toddlers on ice or they're something. still a little unsure, constantly yeah, checking constantly. in for reassurance. And and I'm fine with giving that reassurance. I just my hope is that I can give that reassurance well enough and clearly enough that they know they don't need to constantly check in. So I think allowing them to fail and empowering them through boundaries and documentation goes back to that again. Wow. So we talked about the tips and tricks and benefits. So the how and the why to delegating and barriers to the success there. And then we've talked about the benefits. So I know that our businesses, having four businesses, we're we're at the point of uh, we have to delegate. We have to have good systems. Mm -hmm. We have to have good documentation. Um, but these things can be used even in small scale all the way up to the biggest corporations you and can I, imagine. I really, really encourage anyone who is looking at these systems to do it as early in their business's life as possible. The earlier you can start doing these things and getting these systems in place, the minute you open your doors, get that accountant. The more you can do those things earlier on, the less of a shock it'll be to your employees the less of a disruption it'll be to your business, the fewer dropped balls right. there will be, and it'll be so much easier to delegate if you start doing that as soon as you can get out of hustle mode. Yeah. Every business owner has to do has to do hustle mode right at the beginning when you don't even have the money necessarily maybe to hire even one employee. But once you start getting those extra people and those extra hands, start delegating to them. And apply the dollar figures so mm -hmm. that you know. You know what the difference between your time and a handyman's time. Absolutely. So um, we were talking earlier about before we started the podcast about our future episodes. So I think that it'd be a good, great time now to tell everybody that next week I think we're going to talk about the unicorn of women partnerships. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. We like to say that there are no magic beans for being a business owner, but there does seem to be some magic beans involved in successful female business partnerships. There don't seem to be that many of them, and the ones that do start, very few of them actually get off the ground. Um, and I think we we probably have some uh, future episodes on how to know when your business is done. We've yeah. had some conversations recently with some other business owners that they feel like their business is done and they're going to close their doors. So stay tuned for some really fun different episodes and in honor of next month being the beginning of the federal in open enrollment period for healthcare, we are also going to be doing an episode on healthcare and businesses and why businesses are being held back by healthcare being primarily tied to employment we've got a lot to talk about in the we next do. few weeks this is going to be fun so uh keep finding us at roarandpeaceproject.com and send all of your feedback and questions to roarandpeaceproject at gmail.com 